Welcome to the Build Your Coaching Business Around the 9 to 5 podcast. I'm your coach, Pamela Pritchard, and I help you go from employee to business owner. Whether you're creating your first client or learning how to create clients on repeat whilst holding down your day job, I'll help you make your business dreams a reality. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Build Your Coaching Business Around the 9 to 5 podcast. So in today's episode, I am going to be jumping into the second of a three-part series all about the 9 to 5 and staying in the 9 to 5, leaving the 9 to 5, which is what this episode is about. And then next week's episode is going to be about going back into the 9 to 5. So I wanted to share some thoughts around this, some perspectives that you maybe haven't considered. And I also wanted to acknowledge some of the things that might be coming up for you if you know that this is in the pipeline or perhaps you're already working your notice or you're on the edge of handing in your notice. I wanted to talk about some of the things that might be coming up for you specifically as a life coach who is transitioning out of your professional career into your, I guess, new career and way of life as a life coach. As you know, that was my journey and I made that move and it was now nearly four years ago that I handed in my notice. And actually it's already four years ago, if I look at the date, it's already four years ago since I handed in my notice. And if you're anything like me and you kind of worked your way up the ranks a little bit and you have a bit of responsibility in your role, then perhaps your notice period like mine is or was three uh, three months. My notice period actually ended up being four months by the time I had actually left the organization because they were struggling to find a replacement and I was happy to accept the extra month salary. And because I worked in a revenue j- generating role, it was also an opportunity for me to earn some extra commission. So I was all guns blazing. I knew that I had coaching waiting for me. I was already running my coaching business. I already had paid clients at that stage. I was ready and raring to go. And because I knew I was leaving behind what to date had been everything I'd known, my corporate career, my identity, who I thought I'd always be. When it when push came to shove, I was actually quite happy to stay for that extra couple of weeks because I had I had some fears about that transition as excited as I was I I had you know I had thoughts I had fears and I want to address that for you today because I felt so lonely when I was on the journey I didn't feel like anyone in the industry was talking about this and whether this is something that you're like I say that you're in the middle of experiencing right now or you know that this is in the pipeline in the next few months even the next few years, then it's nice to know that there is somebody that's kind of been there, done that, and is here to support you as you make that transition. So before we dive in, I wanted to take this opportunity to give you a last chance to join the current business program that I'm running. It's a beautiful group program. And I'm just going to spend two minutes just to tell you about this opportunity to join whilst the enrollment period is still open. And as soon as I'm done selling and sharing this amazing program that I'm so, so in love with, it's the second time I've run it, then we will dive into the contents of the episode. So the program is called Your First Paid Client. And as I said just now, I know what it is to transit to to transition out of corporate and into being a full-time life coach, even though you probably know by now I don't work full-time. And 
I was just desperate for somebody to tell me everything I needed to know about creating my next paid client. I knew, I understood viscerally that in order to create my big goals, in order to reach the big financial milestones, and for you that might be replacing your corporate salary, it might be reaching a certain milestone like 100k, 200k, 300k, it might be serving hundreds of people, thousands of people, whatever, whatever number you've put on your goals, your ambitions, your vision, whatever that number is, it really is arbitrary because the point is about who you become on that journey. And when I was transitioning out of corporate, I was so over the corporate spiel, the red tape, the way things were done. I wanted my life coaching business to not just be a new career change or a new job, for me, it is a new way of life. It is a way that I can be fully expressed, fully myself, fully embodied, truly allow myself to be creative and to make beautiful money that feels supportive and aligned and a fair value exchange. And I knew that to reach those goals and to build that vision, it would happen one client at a time. And I see so many programs talking about being the six-figure coach or the six-figure CEO or so many programs that piecemeal what it takes to create it paid clients. I really felt like I was jumping from pillar to post to try and figure that out and find my way. Now I have. And now at the time I wasn't a business coach. Now I am. And I wanted to create something that was simple, digestible, but potent, deep and very much holistic that shows you exactly how to create your next paid client, but doing it not only your way, but from a way that feels soul aligned, which means not doing it the corporate way, even though we're leveraging timeless traditional business practices. So yes, we will be talking about sales, offers, clients, bringing people in, but we will be dropping the things that I see trip up so many coaches. If you ever get stuck about what niche to use or things like client avatars or figuring out what your content pillars are going to be or trying to create funnels or big complex business structures, you simply don't need any of that because when you put everything aside and focus only on what matters, creating your next paid client is a very simple, very specific process that you can create to suit you, no matter whether you're full-time in your business already, or if you're doing it around your nine to five. So if that sounds like a bit of you, then enrollment is open until the 22nd of January, which is next Monday at the time of this recording, that's 2024. There may be multiple, um, programs of this in the future, but I haven't made any commitments yet to when that's going to be. And if you're at a stage in your business where you know that you are ready to get paid as a life coach, and you're ready to create your next paid client, whether it's your 10th or your first, and you want to do it with the support of me as your business coach, then I would love to invite you to enroll. So you can find the link for that in the show notes, or you can head to my website at www.coachingwithpamela.com, or you can drop me a DM anytime. Just say, I want to join the group, YNPC, your next paid client, and I'll get the link to you. The first official call starts on the 22nd of January, 2024. The first welcome call has already begun. So that will be available to you on instant 
access as soon as payment is complete. So, oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy to have invited you to that. I adore this program and it's going to be a dream to work with you if you decide that this is exactly what you need right now. It's here and I'm waiting for you. Alrighty, so let's dive into this juicy podcast episode. It's such a funny one, hey, because I really nearly didn't do this. And I thought, you know, you know what, this matters. Because for me, this was a good three-month period from handing in my notice to actually leaving. Now, whether you have a one-week notice period, no notice period, especially if you're in America, um, or if, like me, you have a good three months or four months ahead of you, or you know that's going to be the case when the time comes, just allow this awareness and this knowledge just to sink in. And I also offer, even if you haven't handed in your notice yet, these are some really, really valuable ideas that you can you can consider implementing right now if you feel comfortable to do so. Of course, there's nothing here that you have to do. This is just me sharing from my experiences, what I see my clients go through. And I wanted to bring it all here for you in a really succinct way. So let's set the scene. You've decided that it's finally time to hand in your notice. And in that discussion, in and of itself, you're likely to be asked what's next. Often you're asked what your reasons are for handing in your notice. Often they want to know what you're going to do next, where you're going to go, what's happening. And I know a lot of my clients who have handed in their notice often say to me, I don't know whether to tell them if they don't already know. I feel very self-conscious. I'm very worried of being judged. I don't want their opinions being thrown at me. I'm not sure I'm ready to give it away. This is a really, really personal decision. And you are sovereign to yourself. You owe nothing to no one, especially your employer or your boss, even if you have a really, really good relationship with them and a really trusted relationship with them. This is an intimate decision and you really do get to own what feels safe to you. So when you're making the decision whether or not to communicate it, then really do trust yourself, drop into your body and ask yourself what you feel the inner wisdom is, in, is guiding you to do. And you can trust the answer that comes through. Sometimes there's going to be a tiny little voice that says, don't say a freaking thing. And you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, we get to trust that. And there may be a tiny little voice that says, yes, it's okay to share. And you're going to have a lot of noise about this going on in your brain. And your mind is going to give you lots of reasons to do it or lots of reasons not to do it. But as always, I invite you to trust the inner wisdom within. The inner wisdom, your true intuition is often a much quieter voice, a much calmer, a much more grounded voice. And it's a truth that will continue to show itself to you. Once you've made the decision, own it fully and be prepared to answer the questions that come up. I think one of the best ways we can prepare for this is to know what to expect. And as I just said, they are likely to ask you what you're doing next, where you're going to go from here. Now, if you're in the camp of, I'm happy to tell them, and maybe they already know or they don't already know, but you're ready to confirm that you're going to go full time into your coaching business, that you're committed to making it happen, that you're committed to making it your way of life, then it's an opportunity to practice telling people what you do and who you are and who you help. It is your workplace is one of the best places to find your first client. 
truly some of my first clients, a small handful of my first clients came from my workplace. And that happened both before I'd handed in my notice, because I was, I was confiding in people that I trusted before I had handed in my notice. And when I did so, I ended up doing a presentation in a team meeting talking about personal development and well-being and balancing stress and burnout at work. Can you imagine how much I, I didn't even realize how great that was at the time when I did it. I knew at the time I felt a little bit cheeky. I felt quite ballsy. I felt very brave for putting myself out there. But I fell into the camp of being happy to reveal it, to share it, to celebrate it, and to really own it. There is no judgment or no shame if you don't feel like you have the environment that would support that decision or where you feel comfortable or safe to share that decision. So I don't want to make you right or wrong for me sharing my story. But in my story, I am very, very lucky to have been in an environment that supported uh, it's not even the environment. It was actually my manager and credit to her. I felt like I had a manager who ultimately wanted the best. And when she knew that there was no convincing me to stay or enticing me to stay or change my mind, then I had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And that was a really powerful perspective shift for me. And I invite you to deeply consider what you think could happen for you. I'm a bit of a chess player. I love playing chess. And whenever I make a move, I am quite calculated. I am not afraid to consider all the possible outcomes. And this is a time to really consider what your choices and what your decisions could lead to. So when you're having this discussion, definitely give your, like gift yourself the grace of exploring the different options, trusting your assessment of how different people may respond and and going for what you feel is going to be best. And one way that I love to guide myself as like a Northern star for any decisions that I make like this is to ask myself, is this supportive of my bigger vision? Is this supportive of other people? Is this for the greater good of all, not just myself? And sometimes that is when it gives me a chance to see when my fear is trying to make decisions for me instead of when my expansion and when my future self is trying to call me forward. There's something to think about there when you're having the discussion about handing in your notice and telling people what you're up to. Now, remember, as I said, being in the employee mindset is very typical of many of my clients when they first work with me. And this is a big part of the work that I do. It's helping you transition out of the employee mindset and into the CEO mindset. And if there is ever a time where you can truly practice embodying being in your CEO mindset and being in your CEO embodiment, which is everything that we're doing in the Your First Paid Client program, and especially with my one-to-one -one clients inside my Thrive program, is really giving ourselves permission to be in our CEO embodiment. And now, when you're in the nine to five, I think that's one of the best places to practice that transition. Because I think the best employees are made from those who think like an entrepreneur. And your ability to start embodying your CEO embodiment is by really taking agency of yourself in that duration while you're working your notice. 
it is such a beautiful opportunity to really start allowing new ideas to come through, challenging the status quo, you have nothing to lose. Um, being a bit of an outlier, being a bit of a maverick. Now, I'm not saying start doing things like uh, risking the job role or, you know, leaving leaving an absolute shit show in your wake. <laughs> I mean, I know some of you may very well be tempted, but in my last couple of months and I you know I, I worked as a client relationship manager I was responsible for a large portfolio of clients I think my portfolio if I recall correctly was over two million in revenue that I was responsible for renewing and there were certain things that I did with my clients in those final three months that I didn't really dare to do before. I was a little bit bolder in my presentations. I was a little bit bolder in my sales pitches. I was a little bit bolder in my suggestions, in the way that I followed up with people, in the way that I really stepped up and allowed this entrepreneurial side of me to shine and to show up. And Ironically, and I I used to see this all the time in some of my previous sales roles, often people make the most money during their notice period if you're in a revenue generating role. And that was definitely the case for me. In my last three months of working for my last organization, I actually made the most money I'd ever made. I think partly because I relaxed a little more, I allowed myself to enjoy it a little more because I didn't put the pressure on myself. And as a result, I was more uh, creative with my thinking. I was more bold with my relationships. I was more forthcoming. I also had something interesting about me. Before, I was quite secretive. I was probably quite hard to get to know because I had so much going on outside. I was training for my certification. Maybe you can relate to this. You're finishing work. You're starting to implement better boundaries. You're starting to look after yourself. It shows. People are noticing. And maybe you're doing bits on social media and they know about it. Or maybe you're doing bits on social media and you're having clients, you're making waves and nobody knows about it. And it feels like this big, beautiful secret that you're keeping. And maybe now you're in a position to start sharing it and start really embodying and bringing some of that into your workplace. And people notice, like you're with them eight hours a day, especially if you go to the office and even if you don't. This is an amazing opportunity for you to really step into your CEO embodiment whilst you're still in work. And that is definitely something I invite you to consider. For as much as it feels safe and suitable to do so, to really start implementing sooner rather than later. Like, don't wait to be handing in your notice to do this. This is an opportunity for you to really not only elevate and allow yourself to be good at work, enjoy your work. I want to say be good. I don't mean be a good girl. I don't mean people please. I mean, be good at your job and enjoy being good. I think this was another thing. I definitely went through a stage just before I handed in my notice where I had a bit of drama about really trusting that I kept, I had the capacity to hold it all, to hold everything I was doing in my, in my nine to five and everything I was doing in my coaching business, such as learning the ropes for social media, having my first paid clients, getting certified, doing all the things, building a website, learning, you know, all the things that we do to build a coaching business whilst at the time, you know, embracing discussions about next year's strategy, even though I knew full well, I probably wasn't going to be there. Um, supporting other team members to develop, developing myself, spotting opportunities, doing my best just to do a good job and 
keep eyes off me and get the work done and make it as simple and easy as possible. And actually, there does come a time where when you realize that you are leaving, it gives you that permission to to take the pressure off and step into that entrepreneurial way of being. So remember, you can hold it all because if you're sat there worrying about it all right now, if you're sat there worrying, feeling the overwhelm, feeling the burnout that you can't hold it all, remember this, that takes energy as well. So the energy that you're using, stressing that you're not holding it all, could just be transformed into energy of self-trust, of self-acceptance, of some self-satisfaction and self-recognition that the very fact that you're worrying about it all is evidence that you are holding it all. And you just get to choose to be a little bit more gentle with yourself, to have a little bit more grace, to see all the ways that you are doing it all. So actually give yourself some credit and allow yourself to enjoy it. And it's okay to enjoy your day job and know that you're building a business. You really do get to have it all if you let yourself and that last part, if you let yourself, is everything because that is truly your choice. Another thing that I did while I was handing in my when it while I was working my notice period is I really up elevated my networking game. I'm pretty confident, I'm pretty sociable, I'm pretty personable. But in work, I find my people and make my mates, my work besties, and I've got my stakeholders that I have to liaise with and build relationships with. I've got my direct team. I worked in a company, by the way, of literally thousands of people. <laughs> my office alone had like a thousand people in it. So going, being in a large organization, I just had my small circle of people, which is how I am privately anyway. And I was happy with that. When I had handed in my notice. I suddenly not only had like no loyalties anymore, I had nothing to lose. And I had a lot of access to brilliant people around me who I highly suspected would absolutely love life coaching, benefit greatly from my services, who I could potentially have as clients. And suddenly I'm going into the canteen and I'm walking around the office floors and I'm finding opportunities to go and meet people face to face when I'd normally just be on teams because I realized that this was a really brilliant way to get in front of people and network and build relationships with people that maybe I hadn't considered before. Because like I say, if you're anything like me, you stick to who you know. And I invite you to really lift your eyes, lift your chin and look around you and entertain discussions with people that maybe you hadn't considered having discussions with before. And something that I would do is I started allowing myself to reveal a little bit more. Obviously, I'd always test the room. I could always trust my inner compass of who I felt instinctively was a safe person to speak with or who might get it, or sh might show an interest. And whereas before people would be like, oh, you know, happy Monday, how was your weekend? What have you been up to? And I'd be like, yeah, you know, just hanging out, went out Friday night, went to the mall, went to Covent Garden, whatever. 
Instead, I change the discussion slightly. So instead of saying that, I would say something like, yeah, so I tried something new, actually. I did a workshop about meditation and see how that landed. And yeah, you get the people who were like, oh, yeah, uh, okay. Anyway, how was Friday night? Did you go out clubbing? And you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll end the conversation there then. And then you get other people who go, oh, tell me more. I've been, I've, I've been reading this book recently and I think that's really cool. And you start a conversation. And it is the way that you do that is to allow yourself to remember the good in people, to come to the discussion that with, I guess, an open heart and an open mind and to come to the discussion willing to be surprised, willing to be just a few percent more vulnerable and to open up uh, a level of connection and an extension of opportunity to really open up. And when I did that, I did that with, there's one particular client that I have in mind. And this was back when I worked with men as well. It's at the beginning of my coaching journey. I worked with men and women. And um, I, I used to have a colleague who, you know, we weren't friends per se, but we would exchange banter. He was extremely sarcastic, always a little bit on the grumpy side, um, good at his job, but never pretended he liked it. And one day I just mentioned that I think, what did I say? No, I didn't mention anything. I, I had, I was bold enough to take one of my personal development books into the canteen and read it. And I thought, oh my God, well, this is going to give me, give me away. I think it might've been like, you are a badass by Jen Sincero or something. And he comes over like cocky as always. And he makes a comment about the book and I had an option in that moment. I could play it down, hide away, play small, or I could lean in. And we ended up striking up the best conversation. And we connected on a level that I never thought someone like him would connect with me on. And he became one of my first paid clients a few months later. And it was off the back of him following me. And I remember having lots of thoughts about that as well. He decided to seek me out. I wanted to delete him. And I remember thinking, no, I can trust him. I can choose to trust because trust is a choice. It's an action. It's not something people give you. It's something that you give to others. And of course, you take away if they have a reason, if you are given reasons not to trust. But my default is that trust is a given. And lo and behold, he's the one DMing me a few months later, asking for support. I could never have guessed that would have happened. So this is one of those philosophies that I'm teaching inside your, your next paid client. And of course, with my one-to-ones, it is that it is not for us to judge or to choose who our clients are going to be. It is for us to show up in our embodiment and call the right people in. And to trust that if they're self-selecting, there's probably a reason for it. Either they connect with us as a person, they connect with the challenge that we solve, or they feel like we're the person to help them. And that's what we're here to do as life coaches. So connect, allow yourself to connect, allow yourself to be surprised. 
give people the time of day and you just never know where it's going to land. Have some, have some healthy detachment from it and allow yourself to show up fully and then invite other people to show up fully and meet you where you're at. So another thing that I definitely embraced when I was working my notice and bearing in mind, I had time, I had three going on to four months, but I didn't know it was four months until the end. It was like a last minute edition, but I work in the, I worked in the kind of organization where I had, they are really big on like employee networking groups, um, in diversity and inclusion, uh, sorry, diversity, equity, and inclusion groups. And there were lots of social events, CSR events, corporate social responsibility. Um, and there was lots of opportunities for me to get involved in. Now, up to that point, I had actually stepped away from those things because I was so busy privately with obviously my life coaching business and my certifications and the social media and the marketing and coaching and practice clients and my other interests that I really just went to work, did the bare minimum to do a good job and left unapologetically. I really put in strong boundaries. I gave myself permission to just be paid for what I was paid for <laughs> and step away and go enjoy the rest of my life doing what I really wanted to do. But I think because I had let go of some of the pressure I put on myself and let go of some of that imposter syndrome, some of the expectation I had on myself to, to look good, to be a good employee, to do a good job. During my notice period, it was one of the times where I actually found because I let go of all of that energy that it was taking for me to be stressed about work, I was, I had so much more capacity as a result. And in that extra capacity, I ended up joining the um, BLM group as an ally, the women's networking group, and the LGBTQ plus group as an ally. And I met some beautiful people in those groups. I also advocated for some really important work. In 2020, you may recall that there was the BLM movement that had an, another spike in the media attention and being a global organization that's actually based in America. That was a big, big part of what was going on in the organization at the time. And that was something that I deeply cared about. I still deeply care about and really wanted to use my voice and advocate for. And so I did. And that was an incredible opportunity. And I say opportunity as if it betters me. It, I felt an obligation. I felt like that's, gosh, it actually brings back so many emotions because it was such a hard time. It was incredibly, it was a really difficult time, obviously with the pandemic and everything that happened with BLM. Wow, there's still a lot of emotion there. And yeah, I just, I just had to, you know, I had to use my voice. So I did. And that was a blessing. That was a blessing to have the capacity to look beyond myself and my own drama about, you know, am I a good enough employee? Am I doing a good job? Am I hitting my targets? And to be able to look up and do something that matters, you know? So there is capacity to be had when you're working your notice period. That's my point here. Sorry. Whew. Ah, there is capacity to be gained 
during your notice period. And if there is an opportunity to, to stand up for something that you care about, to be involved in things that you care about, to speak up for people that don't have a seat in the room, do. And if you can, if you can create that capacity before you hand in your notice, and to be fair, when I, when I think about the dates of everything, BLM happened in May. 2020 and I didn't hand in my notice until I think it was like the first week of January 2021 so I guess I did make capacity for the things that I care about but I had more capacity once I'd handed in my notice to be even more active and be even more involved in that so again like something to think about this isn't about you know I shared, I was a career coach at the time. So I did share some stuff about allyship on my career coaching page and a couple of other things that were relevant at the time and are still relevant now. And it was important for me to bring it into my coaching because I, many of my clients at the time were from the black community and we, these were discussions we were having in our coaching sessions. And I had to equip myself to be able to support those discussions in the best way I could, not just as an ally and as a coach, and to be able to hold the space for that. I had a responsibility and a duty to educate myself, to be in those rooms, to see what was going on, to understand their perspective as best I can as somebody who wasn't directly impacted, but is absolutely di directly affected. And these are the things that we can do when we have when we have more capacity so this has taken a direction i wasn't expecting but i just want to offer even if you don't have capacity right now i invite you to to find the capacity for the things you care about you probably already do i'm sure you do and i just definitely noticed that when i'd handed in my notice it created more capacity for me to do even more and that was beautiful and important and I'm so glad that I did. And I just want to highlight that as an opportunity for you as well. Okay, couple more points. So another thing that I didn't do, and I went, I then struggled with, and I've seen my clients do the same. And now I warn my clients and I'm now warning my audience, those of you who are listening here today. There is something to be said for leaving the nine to five and just recovering, <laughs> recovering from being a person who gets up and goes to work and works for someone else every day. Most of the world does this. Most of the world doesn't blink an eyelid at this. Yet a lot of us deal with chronic fatigue, chronic stress, lack of sleep, ill health, burnout, panic attacks, anxiety. Hence why we're all life coaches, right? So one thing I highly recommend because it hit me like a ton of bricks when I left, even though I left on good terms. So this is important to note, even though I left on good terms, even though I was happy, I was generally in a good place with my career, even though I just didn't want it anymore. Um, it, you know, it was fine. There was nothing insidious going on that made me want to leave. I'm very you know, I know some people have bullying in the workplace, have discrimination in the workplace, have been untreated fairly, paid unfairly. I 
I don't tolerate that at all. And I don't think you should either. And you deserve better, even if it means going to another job before you go full time into your business. If that's what you need to support yourself financially, then go do that. Give yourself permission to have better because you do deserve better. But if you're like me and, you know, the job was well paid, really well paid, the best pay I'd ever had at the time. Um, I was well looked after. I had good work-life balance. I could work from home when I wanted. I had great benefits. I had all the all the bells and whistles, as I've just described. They cared about their employees in the way that big corporate America does, and um, and I was excited to leave. And I'd used my holiday. I'd been to Barbados that year. Somehow during the pandemic of 2020, I went on holiday twice. I went to Barbados and to Menorca. So, you know, I made it work. I did pretty good. I'm very, very blessed. And I had absolute burnout when I actually left. I was exhausted. I got, I got ill over Christmas. I handed in my notice. I felt drained. I couldn't do it anymore. I was over it. And when I did leave, I remember like being so overwhelmed with this like world of possibility this open-endedness with my coaching business of where it could go, what could happen, what could unfold, all the things I wanted to do, all the space, all the time I suddenly have. And yet my energy didn't seem to be on board with that idea. <laughs> my energy was a little bit like, Whoa, we need to like integrate, we need to balance. And so something I invite all of my clients to do, and I'm inviting you to do, is to give yourself some grace you don't want to go from the frying pan, frying pan into the fire. You don't want to go from your corporate career straight into like all guns blazing in your coaching business. Give yourself permission to, again, just as we did at the beginning of this episode, check in, tune in, slow down, listen, and ask your body what it needs and quieten enough to really allow it to communicate with you some of some like in your mind in your ambition in your drive in your commitment in your desire you're going to win you're going to want to be all guns blazing ask me how i know but your body your nervous system your identity may need a minute or two to catch up <laughs> and that's okay that is such a beautiful thing and if you give yourself the grace to do that at the beginning, you will be setting yourself up for success in the long run. This is one of those classic slow down to speed up moments. And if you struggle with that, then that's definitely a sign to get one-to-one -one coaching because if you don't give yourself permission to slow down, then you will always be like a duck on water, like feet paddling at a million miles an hour. But on the top, you're trying your best to look as serene and relaxed as possible when you're really not. Now, this episode is all about the nine to five. I'm not going into the business stuff in detail, but we do that in other episodes and we do that in my programs, but you do want to think about your business, you know, just because you have more time, just because you know that you've got more time and more capacity coming up and because you know that you're finally going to be full time, you're finally going to be maybe in that all in mentality, then this is a sign for you to make sure that you actually have the support you need in your business, that you know what your blind spots are, you know where the knowledge gaps are and where the skill gaps are. Like maybe you've never sold before, maybe you've never marketed before, maybe you've 
not made the kind of money that you dream of making. Maybe you have no idea how to build a website. May, I'm not saying you have to have a website. I'm just saying if these are the things that you're working towards and you're not doing the things that you want to be doing, if you're not showing up, if you're not getting visible, if you're not making offers, if you're sh if you're shaky about your delivery and your confidence in your coaching, if you're not sure how to do a launch, if you're not sure how to hold yourself through the challenges of building a business because you've never done it before, then yeah, get the support you need. And as one of my clients famous, famously said, her nine to five was her seed money for her business. So get the support you need. Gift yourself the investments that you need to make in order to let your business be a success. I know it can be tempting to start hoarding money like crazy and have a financial plan. This is something that is an entire section inside my one-to-one -one program. And having a financial plan, having being comfortable with looking at your finances and being financially savvy and taking ownership of that is part of the CEO embodiment. It is what you're going to have to start doing, but you cannot just pretend money doesn't exist and let it just roll into your bank account once a month like your salary does because things are going to radically change when you become a business owner whether that's limited company or um, becoming a freelance or self-employed the way that you manage your money manage your money mindset and gift yourself the um, attention and attentive attentiveness that your money needs of you now that is going to have to level up as you step into this new venture. So plan for your business, plan for your finances, don't shy away from it. And if you do shy away from it, then come DM me. We need to get you inside my coaching program ASAP. <laughs> All right. So a couple of things that I invite you to do when you hand in your notice, when you leave and anything that's happening in between, celebrate, 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 celebrate. It is so important. You definitely, I think, celebrate the fact that you're believing in yourself and you're making this incredible move. Celebrate the fact that this is who you are now. Celebrate the beautiful career that you had, that you have had, even if you hated it, even if it's not who you are anymore. It was once what you wanted. Celebrate the fact that you got this far. And if you got this far, imagine how far you're going to get when you go really into your business and it's all of your focus and attention we don't celebrate ourselves enough celebrate 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 as much as you can every time you mention it really really embody celebration why because celebration is how you anchor into a new identity it's how you recognize yourself it's how you step into your embodiment so celebration is essential one thing I wish I did and I didn't do and I invite my clients to do the same recently. This is a new thing that I've added into my one-to-one -one, is to write a letter. Write a letter capturing this moment like a dear diary moment. Capture everything that you're feeling, everything that you're thinking, everything that led you to this decision, like why now? And capture that moment because you will look back on that in six months, in a year, three years, 10 years, you'll look back on that and you'll want to remember exactly how you were thinking, exactly what you were visioning and exactly what you saw for yourself and what led you to that moment. It'll be, it'll be a beautiful thing to capture and you really do definitely want to capture it. So pro tip, definitely do that. 
Luckily, I actually recorded a video. I recorded a video where I shared how it felt to hand in my notice. And I actually haven't watched it in a while. I really, really should. Maybe I'll share it with you guys. Um, but I remember being such a mix of emotions. There was so much possibility, so much excitement. Ah, it just, it was amazing. It was really, really amazing. And even, you know, the memory's still very vivid because it was such an emotional moment. But I think it's beautiful to capture these things. Also, capture the lessons. Capture the things that maybe you would do differently or that you would have liked to have seen gone differently. Don't do this from a shaming perspective. Don't do this from a way that you've done it wrong or that something's gone wrong. Do it from the perspective of trusting your journey, trusting where you are now, knowing that you're here for a reason, knowing that anything that happens to us is an opportunity for us to turn it to the upside, to make it whatever we want to make it. Because we're life coaches. These lessons are going to be invaluable. They are going to be inspiring. And they're going to be exactly what your clients want to hear about as you share your journey with them too. So capture it for you, capture it for them, capture it for your future self. And lastly, have clear goals and a clear vision. This is essential. If you are making that leap and you are going full-time into your coaching business, regardless of whether you've already replaced your corporate salary or whether you've hit your own personal milestone in order for it to be an acceptable move, whatever that is to you. Obviously, it's incredibly subjective. There is no right or wrong. There's only what you make right. Have a vision and have, a vi I always like to think of the vision as like the 3D. Sorry, I take that back. The, I like to think of the vision as the 5D, the like the ethereal dreaminess of what we want to bring into our future. And then goals, which are the tangible 3D the human version of the spiritual goals that we have. It's the putting a date and a timeline on these things as a measurement, not as a binary measure of whether or not it hit or didn't, or if you're good enough or not. It's just have some goals so that you know if you're on track and go back to one of my previous episodes about the art of goal setting to learn more about how to goal set and to bring those visions into your reality. And if you don't have a clear vision or you have, or you feel like at this stage of your journey, because I know I felt this way at the time, I didn't feel like I was a very good visualizer. I hadn't yet developed my visualization skills and I still felt like I was learning the basics of manifestation. And if this is you and you still feel like you're not 100% sure that the visualizations that you have are quite it or the vision board you've created for this year is, is the one or really captures the essence of it, then I invite you to go and access my unwritten end of year closing ceremony. It's an opportunity to reflect on 2023, but you can also just jump straight to the part where you envision what you want for 2024. And then I take you into the most stunning subconscious uh, hypnosis slash meditation to actually visualize. And I do a beautiful integration with your inner child and with your future self so that you can have full integration in your subconscious to bring that vision to life. And then afterwards, you capture that vision in written form. And then it becomes a lot more tangible, a lot clearer. It's perfect for you if you, if A, you love visualization, you're really good at it, and you just want to 
do it with the beautiful guidance of a beautiful container. But especially if like me, you, you don't think that you're that good at it and you do struggle to visualize clearly and you're not confident that you're a strong manifest manifester, go grab that. I think it's like 24 pounds. So it's a steal. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece. One of my one-to-one clients said it was one of her favorite, um, one of her favorite ever workshops that I've done. You can go find that on my website at www.coachingwithpamela.com and I'll chuck it in the show notes as well for you or drop me a DM and I can send you the link. But have clear goals and a clear vision as you think about going full-time into your business. And I mentioned earlier, having the support and giving yourself permission to have the support to make it your reality. Lastly then, in your business, the things that you wanna be doing when you're working your notice period, and you know you're about to leave, is I do invite you to share your journey. Capture it in real time. This is the stuff where you build connection with your audience, where you really step into your own empowerment and leadership, and you show up as the embodied woman who is walking the walk. This is your opportunity to say, look, I had a dream, I had a vision, and here I am, and I've worked towards it. I've had a lot of coaches say to me, I don't know whether to say I'm in a nine to five. I'm worried that they'll judge me if they don't think I'm full time. And I think that that's just your projection of your own judgment. You think your audience are judging you, but you're the one that's judging you when you think this. I invite you to step into your power, to step into trust. We've talked a lot about trust, self-trust, vulnerability today. This is you being willing to be vulnerable, to share a piece of your journey. And when you own it, no one can say a thing. And if they say a thing, then fuck them. This isn't for them. They're not your people. You get to own your journey. You get to show up as the leader of your life because that's what we do as life coaches. We are the leader of our lives and we allow our clients to to embody that for themselves. That's why they hire us. An embodied life coach is always going to be a well-paid life coach. Remember that. Oh, that was a great line. (laughs) You will see that on my social media later. An embodied life coach is a well-paid life coach. Truly, truly, truly. So let yourself share the journey. Allow it to be vulnerable. Share it with your audience. Share the highs and the lows. Share the process. And of course, if you're talking about your job and you're talking about your nine to five, I always say, don't burn bridges. This is the opposite to the advice I was given when I was certifying. I was actually told to burn bridges. I don't believe in that. Don't burn a bridge. Why would you do that? That's just destruction. Leave the bridge there. You don't have to cross it if you don't want to. But those bridges to your, all those contacts that we talked about earlier, all of those connections that you could make, all of the opportunities that could come up. Here's a little known fact. One of the first paid workshops, corporate paid workshops that I did, and some of the first money that I received in my coaching business after I left my corporate career was a um, workshop that I hosted for my previous employer. So not the company that, not the last organization I worked for, but the one before that, I approached them and I said, Hey, I used to deliver training. I used to deliver workshops. I used to do presentations. I used to do public speaking in my job then anyway. So they already knew me as somebody that could do that. Um, And I said, hey, I've become a life coach. Could we 
could I, you know, could I support you guys? I'd love to do a women's empowerment event. And I did a women's empowerment event and it was about, oh my God, it completely escapes me. Imposter syndrome, I think it was. And oh, it was brilliant. I had like 60 attendees, 60 attendees in one of my first ever workshops because it was a collaboration. And off the back of that, actually, now I'm saying it to you, I'm remembering I got a client off the back of that too. So again, another one of my first paid clients came from the networking and the bridges that I didn't burn. (laughs) So please don't burn those bridges. They are beautiful networks, connections, opportunities for you to leverage. So this is something as well that you can really do in your business and start putting the feelers out, start building those reps. Um, relationships, start getting inquisitive about what other people have done in the past. One thing that I noticed was as part of a, like a mental health week, they had a speaker come in who was a nutritionist. And I asked and said, oh, where, you know, how did you find her? Like, she's amazing. Like, where did she come from? How did you select her? And they said, yeah, she's a previous employee. She used to work here. She used to do what you used to do. And I'm like, oh my God, amazing. Maybe I can do the same. So there are so many opportunities waiting for you to uncover them if if you open your eyes to them. So in your business, two things that I've already shared is just really look for those opportunities and really lean into this increased capacity because the pressure's off, because you know you're leaving, because nothing matters anymore. (laughs) Because yes, you want to show up and do a good job. Absolutely. Full permission to continue to be a star in your organization if that's what you are. And if you're not and you just go in, get in, get the job done and get out, then give yourself permission just to continue to do that and do it well. And allow that increased capacity to open up opportunities for you to meet new people, to build new networks. You just never know where your next paid client is coming from. Okay. Oh, that was everything. I I trust that you got so many gems from that. It gave you hopefully an expanded perspective, an expanded mindset, a fresh lease of life on what your nine to five can do for you. In the last episode, I talked about having reverence for what your nine to five can give you. And we are going to be exploring that a lot more in the next episode, which is about going back to your nine to five. If you've already gone full-time into your coaching business. While I'm here, I definitely want to highlight my first ever episode going all in on your coaching business. Because if you're at a stage in your business where you're thinking, I am not financially ready to leave. I am not in a position to be full-time in my business. I simply don't want to, or perhaps you just enjoy your job and you want to stay. Then I always want to remind you being all in on your business is a mindset, not an action. It is a mindset first and foremost. Go check out episode one again. Even if you've listened to it before and it's been a while, go back and listen to it again. You can be all in on your business and still be in a nine to five. And if you want help with that, then come and schedule your free consult and let's get on a call for one-to-one coaching. Otherwise, final reminder, your next paid client is open for enrollment until the 22nd of January. That's this coming Monday. So jump in if you would like to be in my energy, learning from my wisdom and creating your next paid client with me over the next 10 weeks. Alrighty, drop me a DM if you love this episode. I love to hear it and have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. Go have a great day at work. (laughs) Go have a great day at work. Go have an even better day when you get to 
sit down and do some stuff in your coaching business. And I wish you just the most beautiful start to 2024 and this new year. I hope it's been beautiful for you so far. And if it hasn't, hey, it's just begun. There's plenty of time. We can make it happen. Stick with me. I've got you. And I'll see you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.